Home by British Somali poet Warson Shire. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbors running faster than you, the boy you went to school with who kissed you dizzy behind the old tin factory is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. No one would leave home unless home chased you, fire under feet, hot blood in your belly. <clears throat> it's not something you ever thought about doing, and so when you did, you carried the anthem under your breath, waiting until the airport toilet to tear up the passport and swallow each mouthful of paper, making it clear that you would not be going back. You have to understand, no one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. Who would choose to spend days and nights in the stomach of a truck unless the miles traveled meant something more than journey? No one would choose to crawl under fences, be beaten until your shadow leaves you, raped, then drowned, forced to the bottom of the boat because you are darker, be sold, starved, shot at the border like a sick animal, be pitied, lose your name, lose your family, make a refugee camp a home for a year or two or 10, stripped and searched, find prison everywhere. And if you survive and you are greeted on the other side with, go home blacks, refugees, dirty immigrants, asylum seekers, sucking our country dry of milk, dark with their hands out, smell strange, savage, look what they've done to their own countries. What will they do to ours? The dirty looks in the street, softer than a limb torn off, the indignity of everyday life, more tender than 14 men who look like your father between your legs, insult your child's body in pieces. For now, forget about pride. Your survival is more important. I want to go home, but home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of a gun. And no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore, unless home tells you to leave what you could not behind, even if it was human. No one leaves home unless home is a damp voice in your ear saying, leave, run now. I don't know what I've become. You're thinking, they're just getting warmed up. <laughs> Friends here in the midst of music <clears throat> is our world. Such beautiful music happens and hard things happen too. Let us be not afraid because this is what we are about week after week. We hold out our hands with hope and we look out into the world with eyes of hope when hope is hard to find. We plant seeds here in the spring that will grow. We are prophets of a future that is not our own because we cannot do everything, but we can do something. So let us forget our perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. Say with me, that is how the light gets in.
So why not start off with a game of guess? How many times do you think the Hebrew Bible, which some Christians call the Old Testament, but which for Jews is just called the Testament, how many times do you think that that text contains the command to love thy neighbor? Um, more than five? Raise your hand. More than 10? More than 15? Gary, you said 43? How about just once? Uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Now, how many times do you think these same scriptures command us to love the stranger? More than five? More than 10? How about 35 times? It's kind of surprising, right? Why do we wonder the, the, the difference, the emphasis? Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who's writing, I, I just couldn't commend to us more. He was the chief rabbi, he's now retired of the British Commonwealth says, loving the neighbor is one we love because they are, they are like us. And we know what that's like here in the homogenized suburbs, don't we? But loving the stranger is one that, that we are taught, no, we are commanded to love precisely because they are not like ourselves. Precisely because they are not like us. And that takes more work, more intention, um, more Bible verses to remind us. But that means, of course, you have to read it, my friends. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about strangers this week. Actually, the last few weeks, as I've listened to Sarah and the choir, I was there in Newton um, when, they, when all of you played at the, in the huge choir and played this whole piece and listened here in my more favorite sanctuary, this music on the immigrant experience. So much of it reframing, I hope you can hear, so much of it chorusing America's founding, unmet, and perfectly embodied vision to give me your tired, we know this quote, give me your poor, give me your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And then this week, learning that the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services recently issued a new mission statement, eliminating wording that had celebrated America's promise as a nation of immigrants. You know, in all the craziness of the news, we kind of miss, we bury the headlines, don't we? So gone, my friends, in this new statement were the words of welcome that said, gone are the words providing, granting, Promoting and understanding. Those words are gone. In their place are verbs of barrier. These words, safeguarding, protecting, securing. I'm thinking a lot of strangers this week. 
and the commandment, not the gentle nudge, not the request, not the tweet, not the suggestion, but the commandment to love the stranger, as I heard the attorney general threaten just in time for Mother's Day, that moms and babies, babies over four, crossing the border illegally will be forcibly separated. And the chief of staff, Mr. Kelly, in a Washington Post interview say in that interview that immigrants these days need to get off their asses. And that too many of them, he said, are rural people, poor people, people who don't speak English and who can't and won't fit in because he said they are not like us. An accusation that, just so we know our history, has been arrowed against every single immigrant group in our nation's history, including the chief of staff's own Irish ancestors. So I've been thinking of strangers this week when I talked with Anna, my adopted sister from Vietnam. Me remembering again that moment in 1975 when I was only four, it's crazy what you remember when you're a kid. Me remembering going to the airport in my, the back of my parents' Peugeot station wagon to meet this baby, this stranger baby, whose home had been the mouth of a shark that had taken her family, but who now, my parents said, was the newest member of our family. Welcome, as the, as the choir just sang. Welcome, Anna. She not crying, as I think I've told you before, not crying for the first six weeks in our house because she knew in that foster home that no one would come when she cried because there were too many children. I've been thinking of strangers this week as I have admitted and confronted the uncomfortable truth that my life is lived in such a way and zoned in such a way and churched in such a way and educated in such a way that I can go, gosh, I can go whole weeks without really having to confront someone who is not like me in most ways, which is a kind of poverty that I did not expect my life choices and social location to buy me. So I've been thinking of strangers this week because as the Christmas Century's lead article wrote this week, the drumbeat of disdain for immigrants today is, there's just no other word for it, but it's a shame. It's deplorable. Because the exaggerated talk of immigrant crime bears just no connection to the blood on American streets because so much of our community's revitalization is owed to immigrant contributions because the same director of the immigrant services who changed the language is himself the son of a Peruvian immigrant. Because every stranger to us is someone's baby to them. Because in the eyes of God, the world has no strangers. Because it's Music Sunday. And the music asks me, to not just listen, but to act. Not just to think about strangers, but to love with my body. And I can't love unless I put my body where my beliefs are. And I get out of my comfort zone and I 
sign up with, with Maureen and the Immigration Justice Group to go accompany people, which I'll do later this month. And I accompany the stranger and I listen to their stories and I remember how the golden rule does not stop at our borders and doesn't just stop in Metro West Boston. It does not stop on the edges of Holliston and Sherburne and Natick and Millis and Framingham and Ashland. I've been thinking, my friends, of strangers this week because the vision of our faith and our church says that none of us are strange. All of us are welcome and all of us are worthy.